Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Ding dong, Coomzy. Episode 105. Turn that intro down a little. That was really loud. That was really aggressive. It was. Episode 105, BJN Radio, brought to you by DoorDash. Promo code BJNPODDD gets first-time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. And this month, we're brought to you by Montana's All-You-Can-Eat Rip Fest on until September 12th for the Blue Jays. It's all you can eat win fest right now. Yeah, that's right. Things were getting messy at Fenway uh, <laughs> last night. That would have been Thursday night because the Red Sox aren't very good. I'm going to start clipping this and sending it to Montana's and be like, look at how well we're tying you into our show. I just, uh, I feel like for the last three consecutive podcasts in a row, I'd made the exact same joke being like the yeah. wild card race is Montana's messy. So I figured I would say the Boston Red Sox are Montana's messy because they're a disaster. They're an absolute dumpster fire. Um, this again goes back to, Beginning of the season, when you're sitting there trying to like size up the divisions and talk about who's good, who's not based on their offseason, the Red Sox are one of those teams that were like, yeah, they're going to be like a really strong group this year. Like they're going to push the Jays, blah, blah, blah. And boy, they have just fallen off their bikes, for lack of a better phrase. That's what they keep doing. That's what they keep doing. Oh, yeah. The Chris Sale did (laughs) fall off his bike. I wasn't sure if that was a Chris Sale joke or if that was a Fernando Tatis joke. But Chris Sale obviously makes a lot more sense. The Red Sox are weird, though. It seems that no team goes back and forth more than them between being good and bad. Like, was there really that much of a change in their roster from last year to this year? They were in the ALCS last year. Yeah. And, you know, they go and add Trevor story in the off season and come back this year. And they're just terrible. Well, yeah, they went and got Trevor story. Like, it's not like they stood pat this off season. It was like, again, it was supposed to be like, Hey, Chris sales coming back and like all this stuff. And boy, just, but their pitching is just their pitching's a mess. Their defense is a mess. They just look like a team that's checked out. So their last few seasons here, this or last season, you mentioned it lost in the ALCS, a very, very good run in 2020 pandemic shortened season. They were awful. 12 games below 500 2019. They were only six games over 500 finished third in the AL East didn't make the playoffs. 2018, they won the World Series. (laughs) It's just all over the grid. It's right. And then it was back to back losses in the ALDS. So they were a playoff team for three straight years. And then before that, they were six under 500, 20 under 500. Then in 2013, they won the World Series again. Yeah, it's It's wild. It's when you never have expectations for it. I remember early in the 2010s, they had uh, those super expensive teams where they had like Carl Crawford and all those names like that. And then they just flopped. 
Yeah. And then they come back in 2013 with all those random players, Shane Victorino, Johnny Gomes, and they win the World Series. It makes no sense. At the same time, it's very hard to complain if you're a Red Sox fan, just because over the last 19, 20 seasons, they have done a lot of winning. Like they've delivered you four championships. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, the fans who are at Fenway this week were uh, they, they had some long faces because the yeah. Jays, the Jays took it to them. And at least for the first two games, it felt that way. The first game specifically starting the series off with a bang. But I want to talk a little bit about last night before we get into three up, three down. That was a game the Blue Jays, in my opinion, had no business winning. When you look at how many times the Red Sox just had to put a ball in play to win that ball game, and they could not do it. Um, but the Jays found a way, and they've been talking a little bit post game. Some of the players about how you know that felt like a bit of a turning point for them. Yeah, it kind of that game perfectly kind of encapsulated just like two teams going in very different directions. That was a game where it kind of seemed at times where both teams maybe didn't have their best. It was a long, grueling game in a series at Fenway. It's always pretty draining. They always go on pretty long. But that game on Thursday went on forever. It was had already been four hours by the time extra innings started. So it was one of those games where it just kind of wears on you. But the Red Sox towards the end had all these chances to score. You have Reese McGuire of all people hitting a (laughs) inning opening triple. You have the bases loaded with nobody out. All these chances to score and they just can't come through. And then meanwhile, the Jays on the other side, they look like One month ago, it's pretty hard to imagine the Jays executing a win like that one where Matt Chapman makes a game saving double play. You know, it it, it feels like a month ago or two months ago when everything was terrible and the Jays were on the road in Seattle. It looked like they were never going to win again. That that Reese McGuire triple would have resulted in immediately a walk off sack fly, sack fly, little bloop single, something ugly like that. That's what would have happened. But now the Jays are just locked in. You see the talent on the team. It's um, it's everywhere. Top to bottom. Everyone on the bench is contributing. The pitchers are all pitching quite well for the most part. And then the bullpen's getting the job done as well. And you know, it's all clicking together and the Jays all season have, they've always been a team that has talent, but they haven't all done well at the same time. And now it's finally clicking, clicking. clicking. That's a great word to use it. Um, we'll talk about Chapman. We'll talk about all that. You mentioned how long that game was at four hours and 22 minutes. It was the second longest game of the blue Jays season, the longest four hours and 23 minutes back on June 21st, when they were walked off by the Chicago white Sox. Yeah. I believe Dan Shulman did say it was the longest nine inning yeah. of the Jays season as well. So games that wouldn't have gone into extra innings, although that one eventually did. Uh, let's get into our three up three down today, as always delivered by our friends at DoorDash. But Coombsy, screw the downs. We yes. are going all up today. Six ups. Good vibes of only. Three, up, three down. Good, vibes, good only. vibes only. They won six of seven against American League East opponents. They seem to be hitting their stride. They've, you know, the, the out of town scoreboard is breaking. Yeah, for them, I guess, because the Rays have also won six in a row in Seattle, six and four in their last 10. But when the out of town scoreboard doesn't break your way and you look at that, I'd sit there and go, man, what a great time to rattle off some wins for the Jays because you managed to stay in the race while all the teams around you stayed hot as well. Uh, so let's get into six ups. And we are starting with another quality, quality start from Marco Estrada or Ross Stripling. Yeah, the the 2022 version of the 2015 Marco Estrada. As I said last time on the podcast, I remember them in two podcasts ago. Now I can't remember. I don't know. Stripling almost throws a perfect game in his first game back from the injured mm-hmm. list. And then in his next one, he goes out to Fenway and pitches six innings and allows just one earned run strikes out six as ERA for the season is now down to 2.84. Uh, coming into the season, I think if anyone had told you that this would have been like an automatic decision to issue stripling a qualifying offer, I 
I don't think you would have believed that person. Yeah. Now it seems like if they just let him walk into free agency without that, they're insane because I mean, Stripling for most of his career with the Jays has been like a nice fill in guy, mm-hmm. you know, pitches innings out of the bullpen or he spot starts here and there. But now he actually looks like a really good starter. And it's 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 easy to forget this guy once upon a time with the very good Los Angeles Dodgers was an all star. Yeah, that was that <laughs> seems like a like a very easy thing to forget. But there is a legitimately good starting pitcher here. I mean, I would imagine somebody goes and gives him a multi year contract probably akin to what Steven Matz got last year. But if the Jays don't qualify stripling, then I would be shocked. Yeah, you at least want to get something back for him, right? And the qualifying offer gives you that option. If you're the Jays, maybe you can work out some sort of a two or three year deal with him. If you can't and there are, you know, financials holding you back, then boy, you're going to regret that Yusei Kikuchi deal even more, right? If that $12 million you're spending on him for the next two years prevents you from being able to sign Ross Stripling, not that it, because there's no cap obviously or whatever, but I'm just saying like when you're balancing your budget and you're like, ah, still have that 12 million on the books for Kikuchi and we got to let Stripling walk, that'll be devastating. Yeah, it wouldn't be ideal, but it also goes to show you why the Jays went and again, hit up the Los Angeles Dodgers and said, hey, you got a nice number four or five swingman starter type in Mitch White. Can we have him? And the Dodgers say, absolutely, yes. Mitch White's going to get the first start in the Angels series, and we'll preview that in just a little bit here. Uh, the next up we have here um, is another quality start from Jose Barrios, who came in and just got the job done for the Jays again. It wasn't you know, spectacular. He didn't go eight innings of shutout ball, but he looked solid. Six innings, only two earned runs. He struck out six, gave up that one dinger, but for the most part, he was solid. And I think that's all you're asking for from Barrios. I'm sick and tired of the big ups and the big downs and the roller coaster ride. Just keep giving me six, six and a third, whatever of one or two run ball. We're going to be happy. And that's what we said last time. If Jose Barrios has a nice conclusion to August and a nice September where he's putting up these quality starts, yeah. and this is exactly all you need. Six innings, two earned runs, three earned runs, more than fine. Doesn't need to be yep. a perfect game, whatever. Um, as long as he's doing that, we can just kind of forget those shitty starts earlier on in yeah. the season. If he has a, you know, just finish off well down the stretch, just mm-hmm. get into the zone, maybe have a good playoff start, that kind of thing. And we'll just sweep aside those weird two winning games where he allows eight runs. Just pretend it never happened. Um, Barrios gets an up. I skipped over another one though. And this comes back from the first game where they managed to do that insane two out rally. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's we, how, you know, you're, the team is locked in when the team that usually would go zero for 17 in a game with yeah. runners in scoring position is now suddenly putting up an eight spot with two outs. Yeah, it's uh, it is crazy to see they were able the way they were able to generate that. Uh, it was Guriel, Teoscar, Chapman, Biggio, Springer, everyone chipping in. Uh, Springer with a triple as well in that inning. Um, a great at bat, actually. Chapman drew that walk, and while it's not as glamorous as a double off the green monster or anything like that, that was a great damn at bat with two outs, and it and it allowed them to continue on and score five more runs. Like if Chapman doesn't put together a great at bat, I've been someone who's been critical of his approach with two strikes. There's been a lot of times where he gets two strikes and it feels like he just kind of goes like, eh, swings at the next pitch and he's done. He put together a great at bat that allowed that inning to keep going. So I wanted to give him some love. Yeah. Lots of good at bats in that inning. Jackie Bradley jr. Same thing. He uh, put up a good at bat, drew a walk in that inning. That's another um, just completely under the radar one that Mm -hmm. you're never really going to notice is just like how much of an upgrade Jackie Bradley jr. Has been on Bradley Zimmer. Like yeah. if you had Bradley Zimmer coming up in that situation, it's inconceivable that he would have drawn four balls and walked to first base. 
Yeah. And that's not it. That, that hasn't been like a rare occurrence for JBJ no. either. Cause he had a really good at bat against New York, doubled off the fence, scored a couple. Like there were people who were, you know, oh, he's not that good defensively and he doesn't run as well as Zimmer. So for being your fifth outfielder, like it's pointless to bring in Jackie Bradley jr, but he can actually give you competitive at bats. And I understand that maybe come playoff time when you're not going to be using him as much, it might be like a, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe you'll miss having the speed of Zimmer to pinch run in the ninth. But for the rest of this regular season, in here, which is still important because there's a lot for this team to play for. Jackie Bradley Jr. is miles better than Bradley Zimmer, and you need him to contribute in the regular season. Deal with the playoffs when you get there. Yeah, that, that actually kind of moves into another point I wanted to talk to, which is just like how well they've utilized the bench and how pretty much everybody on the roster right now, you look at it and you're like, this is a player that can contribute. Think to the yep. third game in the series when Kevin Biggio scores the go ahead run with that really good slide, just a good mm-hmm. read. And then also the same thing when um, the ball went under Vladdy's glove a little bit earlier and Biggio backed it up super yeah. nicely. I mean, you have Whit Merrifield as well, contributing really well in center field. The ball gets hit out there, could easily be a double, plays it really well keeps it to a single it's just you have everyone playing well and then everyone kind of talked at the trade deadline they didn't add like a big name or a big star but what they did was raise the floor of the team and that's where you see it now is there's no real glaring i mean i guess you can make the argument that like kikuchi's still on the roster so he's still a bit of a weak point but there's no real glaring weak point on the team no nobody comes out there and you're like wow this guy is so bad like why is this guy taking a nap bat why is he in the field why why this why that and that is what it was with zimmer zimmer was coming yeah. up to bat and you were like okay we're probably getting like a three or four pitch strikeout here yeah. and you're just not getting that with anyone else and you mentioned you know the way they utilize the bench in that 10 10 inning winner against the Red Sox to sweep them. They emptied the bench. Mm-hmm. Everybody played in that game. And then you look at the bullpen as well and it was they basically emptied the bullpen as well in that game. Yeah, it was Richards, Bass, Simber, Meza, Romano, and Romano pitched two innings. Yeah, which brings us into our next yes. step. We're rattling through these really quick, We're but right. the bullpen was great in this series, specifically Jordan Romano, who just gave them an incredibly gutsy performance in that series finale. Goes two innings. It got a little hairy at some points, but I liked his quote of like, I'm just going to keep working, right? And then that's what he and that's exactly what he did. Forget that there's a guy on third base. Who cares? You're Jordan Romano. You can work through a terrible Red Sox order. Um, he's a big, big reason why they came away at this. Yeah, absolutely. There was a it was it really looked like it was going to be a blown save in the bottom of the ninth there. You're going yep. up against some pretty difficult hitters and you allow a single and a double and then there's the intentional walk and he just gets through it. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't like anxiety. It wasn't stress. It was, you know, I'm going to strike this guy out and then I'm going to try and get something on the ground. Hopefully we can turn a double play. Kind of a funny thing, actually, just, just as a random note is um, when Matt Chapman fielded that ball and he's about to pull his double play, you see Romano pointing home. He's like, don't try and pull this double play. Don't try and pull this double play. But he pulls a double play regardless. And then, yeah, he comes back out for the 10th inning after George Springer gives him the lead and just mows him down. It was, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a fantastic performance. The Jays have a, a real closer. Yeah, they do. I think they call them uh, Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle after the game said he's one of, he's in the elite of the elite in terms of closers in major league baseball. And I mean, I don't think that's the most insane thing to say when you look at some of the numbers he's been putting up recently. And the fact that he's been doing this now for a couple of seasons as like a full time closer, he's got a 2.25 ERA this season. He's good. 2.25 2.25 ERA, 9.9 strikeout or 9.9 strikeouts per nine, which is a little bit less than his previous years, but he's also keeping the ball in the park more, which is good. He just looks like a bit more of a veteran closer. It's not like just a, a, yeah. a random fireballer who pitches the ninth inning. There's actually closer pedigree here now. 
the stripling start, Barrios was great. The two out rally in game one, we got the way they're utilizing the bench and everyone seems to be contributing. The bullpen, specifically Romano. Um, in the series finale, this is where we're going for one of our final ups. Um, you had quite the stat from this back and forth game in, at Fenway. Yeah, there was uh, someone tweeted this and I actually kind of tried to buck the trend here and I sent Tyler a DM mm-hmm. with, the, with the guy's tweet and his, his, his ad is Alex Spire. And he said, before tonight, the last time a Red Sox hitter hit into a bases loaded one out inning ending double play in the ninth inning or later of a tie game was in April of 2010. (laughs) That's something that never happens. The Boston Red Sox at Fenway, where they're so dangerous and so unbeatable and so pesky, grounded into an inning ending double play when they could have won the game for the first time in over a decade. (laughs) That's how you know this team is just moving in a terrible direction they're having a bad time okay i like the way you took that because i'll be honest when you sent me that stat last night i looked at it and i was like why do i care about this because it's funny (laughs) it's It's like it's like the most entry did you see the adley rutschman thing the other day that was great that was great uh in our true flavor i don't know who sent this out but it was on the orioles broadcast and it was like career home runs by a player whose last name starts with the letters r-u-t and it was Babe babe ruth josh rutledge and then Adley Rutschman was third. And like, like, that was it. That was the whole list. Runs. Josh Rutledge had like 20. Babe Ruth running away with that stat. They also missed. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I guess they didn't really miss him. But there's a guy here named Mickey Rutner who played for PHA, I think, as the Philadelphia Athletics in 1947 and hit one home run. Hit one home run. So he should be on that list as well. Well, he's behind Rutschman. They were just showing the top three. Yeah, I would have uh, personally included uh, Mickey Rutner, one of my all time faves. We've always been a big Mickey Rutner pod. Yeah, he was uh, born in Georgetown, Texas and was buried in the Cook Weldon Capital Park Cemetery of Fugerville, Texas. Baseball reference puts where guys are buried. Yes. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> I don't know why anyone needs to know that, but sure, why not? Wow. The more, uh, the more you okay. know. <laughs> we, uh, we, yeah, we were doing so well. Now we've trailed off into... Yeah, we have. Um, and we're only at the 16-minute mark of the pod. I want to give some love uh, as kind of a bonus up here to Matt Chapman and the defensive series he had. You mentioned that double play, the awareness to be like, hey, I got time to not just prevent the run from scoring. I got time to step on third, turn a double play, and get us out of this inning. And he also had that play in the second game where he made just an impossible flip to Bo Bichette. The way he like had that in his backhand yeah. and didn't just get it there, but like he flipped it with velocity. Like that's probably about as hard as I can throw a ball. And he did that with a little backhand toss. There was, um, I think it, it was on the broadcast. I think it was it was either Dan or Pat, one of the two of them. Uh, mentioned there like how do you even practice a play like that like how do you how do you have the skill to just execute mid-game like a backhand quick accurate toss where 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 do you practice that like that's just instincts though that's just being like a naturally gifted fielder like there's yeah. nothing you can you can no, do about that that just that just shows how good this guy is at playing defensive baseball and that's how he was advertised and it was a bit of a slow start for Matt Chapman but Man, this guy is really good. This is the guy who in 2018, 2019 finished seventh and sixth in MVP voting for Oakland and won two gold gloves. That's the player that the Jays thought they were getting. The player that Oakland hilariously gave away for. I don't even know who the players were that went back. Kirby Sneed. Yeah. Three roster fodder players. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Just just guys to make make Oakland really cheap. And then one legit prospect who's already had Tommy John. I didn't say yeah. Thanks, Oakland. I'm interested to see what third baseman the Oakland A's trade the Blue Jays in like 2025. Do they have any top prospects who are third baseman? Kevin Smith. No, not Kevin Smith. They have another guy. I think they have a different guy who's also named Max Muncy, who's an infielder. He's not Dodgers Max Muncy. 
but a different Max Muncy who plays third base. So the Jays reincarnated I, Max Muncy. You heard it here first. The Jays are going to acquire Max Muncy 2.0 in 2025. Uh, just looking at Chapman too, like the value he brings with the glove. And I, I remember back when Shapiro was on the broadcast talking about uh, the upgrades they're doing to the Rogers center. And as he was on uh, Chapman made a play at third and Shapiro said something along the lines of every game I watch him, he does a handful of things that make you go. Wow. Like even if they're subtle little things, like they're wildly impressive in the field. And that's the true value Chapman brings. Like if anyone ever complains about his always batting average is too low or, Oh, he strikes out too much, blah, 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 blah. Like, it doesn't matter because the guy's going to save you runs with his play at third base and actually the bats starting to, I want to say come, come along a little bit. It's been up and down this year, but like in the last month he's hit nine home runs, you know, he's slugging five sixty five. Like his numbers have been not terrible is my point. And he's so elite defensively that like, I don't know. I I just remember people bitching about that trade like two months ago. And I was just like, what are you doing? What it kind of reminds me of is back in 2008, 2009, Scott Rowland played for the Jays. And this is kind of, this is kind of a weird memory because it was back in that time where they had so many players coming in and out of the team. And it was, there was only so many guys that ever stuck around. They were never very good, but Scott Rowland was very under the radar. Good. He put up a 780 OPS in his first year in 2008 and was just phenomenal defensively. And I think maybe when you look back, you think of Scott Rowland's time with the Blue Jays and you're like, "Ah, I don't remember him hitting particularly well, but he was so damn good defensively. And that's kind of what you have with Matt Chapman is it's just it's made the pitchers better having Mm -hmm. that behind them. Yeah. Um, Moving away now, because like we said, no down, no three down, good vibes only. We ended up doing like seven or eight ups because we're feeling good about this team right now, as we should. They've won six of their last seven. Uh, Let's move into some other stuff from around the majors. Big news today, the Seattle Mariners and star rookie Julio Rodriguez agreeing to terms on just a massive extension. And this will go down as I think one of the more complicated contracts in baseball history. Jeff Passan has a mega thread that he just put out. I don't even think you've seen this yet, but I'll read it to you, Coombsy. All right. Yes. I'm just it's like six tweets. I'll just rattle them off here. The deal could be for eight, 13, 16 or 18 years. It guarantees Rodriguez 210 million. If it maxes out, it will be the largest ever at 470 million. Passon goes on to outline the key details. The base of the deal is for eight years and 120 million, a somewhat important number for when we tie this back to the Jays. So the base deal is eight years, 120 million. It includes this season and runs through 2029. After 2028, The Mariners must decide whether to pick up a club option. The size and length of that depends on Rodriguez's performance as determined by MVP voting. Okay. The option is for eight or 10 years on top of the original deal. So in 2028, they must decide if they want to bring him back for another eight years, for another 10 years, or presumably cut him loose. Depending on how, again, Rodriguez fares in MVP voting, both wins and finishes, that eight to 10 year extension can be worth anywhere from 200 to 350 million dollars. If the Mariners pick up that deal, Rodriguez's guarantee in the deal is at least a lump sum of 320, including the money he'd make in the first eight years. Now, if the Mariners don't pick up the option that year, Rodriguez has a player option after year eight for five years and $90 million. That's how it could be a 13-year deal with a $210 million floor. He could also turn that down and hit free agency right before his 30th birthday as well. Passon concludes this. 
and I, I, I don't even know what I'm reading at this point anymore, but passing concludes it by saying Julio Rodriguez is a Mariner through 2037. And, or he says, this is the likeliest outcome. He's a Mariner through 2037 and makes at least 320 million, probably much more. There's a lot to absorb there. The first thing that just popped into my head was how old I will be in 2037. And that's not exactly a thought I want to have. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to not talk about that. Uh, yeah, no, it just seems, it, it, it seems like the kind of thing that could be a, a win for either side. It's impossible to say how exactly this is going to shake out because we're looking like a thousand years into the future. But yeah, I mean, for the Mariners, they've locked up a very, very, very good player long-term, just like Tampa Bay did last year with yep. Wander Franco. Um, for the player, it's um, it's a tremendous amount of stability. And I think that's the difference you've already seen on Twitter today. Like, oh, why haven't the Jays locked their stars up? And the difference is, is um, Julio Rodriguez isn't like a legacy child like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette. You know, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. made $125 million playing in the major leagues in his career. Dante Bichette, uh, not quite as good, obviously not a Hall of Famer, but made a tremendous amount of money as well. So there isn't, I guess, the same... Uh, there isn't the same desire from those players to jump the gun and lock themselves in forever before they can reach free agency. I think I I get that. I don't think it changes how much you ask for or the likelihood that they want to take like a hometown discount or anything. But I do think you're right in the sense that there's no rush. Like if you're someone who comes from just an everyday normal family and you have the chance in this case with Julio Rodriguez, and I don't know his family background, but you're, you're an everyday person who has a chance at a guaranteed $200 million. You take it. Don't sit there and be like, well, maybe I can make, you know, 280 guaranteed over that time. If I play things right, mm-hmm. just you take the guaranteed money. I think that's a good point. Vlad has no reason to sit there and be like, Hey, I I'm worried about blowing up my shoulder next year and not having any career earnings. Cause he's already well off. You can maximize your value. You can take this thing out longer. I think that's an interesting point. The other interesting point here is that when you see people talking about today, they say they have to lock up their young stars and people are saying Vlad or Vlad and Manoa or Vlad and Alejandro Kirk. And you do not see Bo Bichette mentioned right now. 12 months ago. Yes. You would have seen Bo Bichette mentioned in that. So, and we were talking before we started recording that that's maybe the cautionary tale here too, right? Not that anyone doubts Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s ability to be a superstar. Not that I personally even doubt Bo Bichette's ability to continue to be an everyday shortstop for this team and be a damn good everyday shortstop for the next decade plus. But if you would have given Bo Bichette $300 million last winter, you'd probably be sitting there today going, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if I don't know, look at the Look at the slander Bo's taken this year from Jays fans in general. Everyone was, I mean, a lot of people were thrilled at the idea of trading him away in a Juan Soto deal, even if it meant adding other prospects as well. People are talking about Bo like he's something other than a guy who last year was a 23-year-old who finished 12th in MVP voting and was in the All-Star game and had an 828 OPS. This year, he's all the way down to 724, and he's been struggling. You can see it when he yeah. plays games. He doesn't look like he's having a good time. He looks he looks stressed out. And he doesn't have the same energy that he did the last few se- or no. the last season. It looks like he's having a... Something's going on. He's having a bad time. He's, I don't know, he's fighting a little bit this year, And but the reality is his progression isn't linear. Uh, never, guys never. are going to, no, it never is. Guys are going to go up and down. It's going to be a bit of a roller coaster ride, but I don't think, I, I don't know if this season is really one that makes you look at Bo Bichette and think, no, this isn't a player I want locked up long-term, but I think it also kind of shows you just how much pressure could possibly exist with contracts like this. If you imagine that, let's say 
the Jays had gone ahead and signed Bo last offseason to a 10 year, $300 million contract, which I think was kind of the numbers a lot of us were talking about for both the players. Uh, and if he was having this season immediately after, like what the pressure would be like, yeah. what the response would be in the media, like would fans start booing? Would people be pissed off? Like think about Jose Barrios too. Like he's had a, a strange season this year up and down. Yep. He hasn't been terrible, but there's already been talk. People are saying like, Oh geez, like we're getting a little nervous about that contract. Is that something they should have done? Like, it does. I add. had someone tweet me the other day and say Atkins should be fired for signing the Burrios contract. <laughs> We're like three months or five months into it. Yeah, I know. You've, uh, this is inconceivable that a starting pitcher could yeah. ever have like a difficult three or four month stretch. But that's well, even at. with Bo, like if he does not at any point bounce back this season, the likelihood is it's just a bad year. It's a blip. Yeah. And he'll bounce back next year and be fine. And people don't in all sports, all sports fans like to think like that, like, oh, you can't have bad years. Like it means he's a bust and everything's always so definite and final. It's like, yeah, Bo could just have a bad season. And next year he could hit 305 and have really good defense at shortstop and be great. So you yeah. just never know. I yeah. don't know. Ultimately, long story short, if they sign both those two guys to matching long term deals in the winter, thumbs up. That's probably a good idea. If they don't do it, I do understand why. Uh, those are two players who it would make sense if they opted to walk to free agency because of who they are. Yeah. Um, and also, I, 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 I do believe the pressure of signing such a deal is, is quite substantial for a young player. I think it's a good point. Like we kind of forget how young these guys are. Me and you like to think of ourselves as young individuals. Well, but I don't think of myself as a young individual, but you think that way about yourself. <laughs> I'm almost 30. They're now. both younger than me still. I'm almost 30 and you can see the hairline going. For those of you watching on our video platform, uh, actually, we don't do that. We did upload a video to the Nation Network YouTube the other day. So if you're listening to this and you want some Jay's video content, we might start uploading there more often. So yeah, subscribe somebody, to the Nation Network. Somebody asked that uh, yesterday in the Twitter account. They were like, can we put highlights on the clips when we're talking about stuff? Can we do that? I don't think legally we're allowed to do that. YouTube would just like pull uh, the video down. Yeah, I feel like having the Montana's messy and then putting a, a, a Major League Baseball clip, it just, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, so, exactly. Unfortunately, that, that might not be an option for us. Uh, all right, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we are going to look ahead at the series coming up against the LA Angels. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, Coombsy, it is a weekend three-gamer at the Dome. Jays and Angels, there is a marquee matchup mixed in there on Saturday. Manoa versus Shohei Otani. I heard the Dome is already sold out. That is a must-watch television. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting game because they're also doing the uh, 1992 30-year anniversary. Ah. And they're giving away a neat-looking little bomber jacket and celebrating the 1992 World Series team. And then it's going to be Alec Manoa, one of the better young starters in the game, an emerging fan favorite among not just Blue Jays fans, people who like... Pitchers who have swagger. People who hate the Yankees are starting to like Alec Manoa. Exactly. If you hate the Yankees, then you like Alec Manoa because he owns the Yankees uh, and their fans and Garrett Cole and their stadium. Um, yeah. So everyone likes Alec Manoa. Everyone likes Shoei Otani. It's going to be a cool, fun game. Uh, the Angels are terrible. One win in their last 10 games. Yeah, they suck. They uh, <laughs> they just got Mike Trope back from injury. He can go five for five. It doesn't matter. They'll still find a way to lose. There's that tweet that always goes around with the Angels by uh, Blue Jays fan Matt Tomic. And he said, um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something along the lines of, oh, Mike Trout went five for oh. five with two home runs and Shoei Otani just did something for the first time since tungsten arm O'Doyle did so with the Cleveland groomsmen in 1856, but the angels lost seven, five. And that's largely what we're going to expect for this entire weekend. If the Jays don't pull off a sweep, then they've missed an opportunity. They have, um, the angels had a game a couple of weeks ago against Oakland where they hit seven home runs and <laughs> lost the game eight, seven. Uh, there was a game not that long ago where Shohei Otani went like four for five or something and also had like a dinger in four RBIs and they lost like seven, five. Like, it's just ridiculous how terrible they are. Um, but if you're an Angels fan and you happen to happen to be listening to this podcast, the good news is Art Mourinho is planning on selling the team. And that must just be music to the ears of Angels fans. That's interesting because so let's say he does hypothetically sell the team. If let, let, let's say this happens in the next six to eight months. So it's like before next season starts, you're, 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 you're buying what's going on right now. Yeah. If you're buying the team, would you come in and trade these, these contracts, the, these financial obligations and start from scratch and do your own thing? Or when you're buying the team is part of buying the team, the fact that you have Shoei Otani under control for like two more years. Is, is that, is that a positive for you? Are you looking at that being like, okay, I can inherit this guy and trade him away for a whole bunch, or I can inherit this guy and give him a $900 million contract and yeah. sell merchandise until the end of time. I would imagine if you're a smart businessman, you would look at Otani as a prime reason to buy this baseball team. And you'd sit there and probably say, I'm the guy who can put the people in place to finally build a winner here. And Shohei Otani and Mike Trout's stardom can grow even more when we start making regular trips to the playoffs. Um, as someone who's a Blue Jays fan, not an Angels fan, I hope they trade him. Yeah. I hope the incumbent or whichever owner is coming in sits there and says, nope, rip it down to the studs and get rid of all this payroll. Because I would love for the Blue Jays to only have to give up a couple of prospects for Shohei Otani because they're also taking the rotting body of Anthony Rendon in the process. Yeah, that makes sense. And also another hypothetical uh, from a Blue Jays perspective is let's say 
they are trading Shoei Otani and you get the two years of him before he can hit free agency. Would you acquire him and sign him to a big contract, even if it meant you had to let the Blue Jays other two young stars eventually walk? Yeah, I mean, it's Shohei Otani. You do it really? to get a historic player in there. And, and the thing is, I don't believe signing Shohei Otani to any sort of record setting mega extension would prevent you from signing both Bo and Vlad. Yeah, Rogers can easily go ahead and sign all three players. They could sign all three. I think realistically, you're probably signing two and letting one of them go Bo. Um, but like you can sign Otani and sign, sign Vlad. You can have your cake and eat it, eat it too in this scenario. Sick. Which is a saying I've never understood. No, I don't get that either. Well, I mean, yeah, I thought you were going to eat the cake no matter what. Why would you want a cake if you can't eat it? So you can get your cake and you can't eat it either. I just, I'll pass on the cake then and take whatever what the other What was the other is. weird saying you told me a little while ago? You came on here and you don't said- Don't throw something. the baby out with the bath yeah, water. That was, that was whack. <laughs> this, the, don't make your, don't eat your cake. <laughs> don't eat your children Fuck, and throw know. your cake out with the bath water. We got to, we got to cool it with these sayings. This is weird. Uh, I will admit tonight- Angels, Blue Jays. I'm I'm a I'm a wee bit nervous about this game. The bullpen is gassed. Yeah. Mitch White, while he's been solid, they don't really trust him to go through the order a full third time. Or at least they don't trust him to go super late in games by the way they've handled them. So I I don't know. This is one where if the bullpen's gassed and you have a pitcher who hasn't shown the ability to go deep in ball games, I kind of sit there and go, I don't I don't know if I trust them. The Jays minus one eighty favorites. Angels are plus one fifty on the money line. I never bet against the Blue Jays. That's not my style. But tonight, I don't think I'm betting on them because I'm a little nervous about this one. Yeah, there's 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 certainly a reason to be nervous after a game like this. I always I always have this one distinct memory of back in it was 2014. The Jays played that 19 inning game against Detroit. And I think it was, oh, geez, it would have been Chad Jenkins or Brad Mm -hmm. Lincoln. Somebody like that pitched like six innings and everybody in the bullpen got used. And then they jumped on a flight immediately to Seattle. And they got swept in that series because their pitchers were just gas. I don't think that's going to happen here. But if they did come out on Friday and lose that game, given everyone's pitched a ton recently, sure, fair enough, whatever yeah. it happens. I, I I do think in Friday's game, given the Mitch White circumstance, they might air them out a little bit more than usual. Hopefully. But if they don't or can't, then I think you have to try, you say Kikuchi, and just see what happens. You have to, you have to, you have, to have him try and mop something up. I don't know. He looked like he didn't know where he was throwing the ball in his most recent appearance. No, that was probably the one down we could have come up with from the Boston yeah. series is that Yusei Kikuchi came out and got what, like one or two outs in his outing and walked three guys. Yeah, is that what it was. It was uh, it, we, we like the idea of Yusei Kikuchi being the bullpen ace, Andrew Miller, because his stuff was going to play up and he was going to figure it out as a reliever. But I don't yeah, know. I don't think that's coming. <laughs> the best tweet I've seen, though, is someone just like poorly put a Kikuchi jersey over Edwin Diaz coming out of the bullpen and like that video with the trumpets going. It's like <laughs> Yusei Kikuchi, yeah, coming out to walk three guys on <laughs> seven pitches. Uh, that also brings us to our John Gibbons tweet of the week. Oh yeah. Here we go. Um, he tweeted before extra innings yesterday. Oh no, here come the little league rules, which I love that he's against this. Cause like, it's actually a fine rule in my opinion. Eric Kareen from the athletic goes, I understand your slash others annoyance at the rule, but remember the candidate a game that ended because you had to bring in Darwin Barney. I do. And Gibbons replies, oh, I remember I was watching on the couch in my office for 17 innings. Also, is Eric <laughs> saying that like that was a good thing? 
No, Eric's saying that because Gibbons is calling the runner on second right. a Little League yeah. rule. Eric's saying, uh, no, it's fine because we aren't going to have 19 inning games that end with Darwin Barney pitching. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought he was saying. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That makes sense. Because as even the same thing, like the 19 inning game against Detroit before they went to Seattle, like... I don't know. They're fun to talk about his memories, but did anybody actually really enjoy like being at that like eight hour game where no. they cut off liquor service before extra innings started? Like, does anybody want to be a part of that? I don't know. I'm I'm fine with the extra innings rule at this point. I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't complain about it at all. Uh, just quickly here. Let's continue to take a look around the American League and what's coming up this weekend. If you're a scoreboard watcher, um, if for whatever reason you still think the Jays can catch the Yankees, they're eight games back. The Yankees are playing Oakland, so they should be able to handle that with relative ease. Tampa Bay has a uh, series coming up against Boston. So again, they should be able to beat them. And Seattle's playing Cleveland. So maybe there's a chance this weekend the Jays gain a little on the Mariners if things break their way. But I think this is a Jays team that's going to have to continue to kind of play at this seven and three every 10 game kind of pace. And you do yourself a lot of favors if you sweep the Angels. Yeah, well, while the Jays are heating up and they seem to be hitting their stride because this is when the real teams show if they're good is, mm-hmm. you know, late August, early September is when everyone kind of pulls it together or from the other side of that, when you have spoiler teams who are calling up a bunch of random young guys trying to prove something. And this is when you have to play well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if the Jays can't play well in September against New York and Baltimore and Tampa and those head to head matchups, then they just don't really deserve to be, you know, the team hosting the wildcard game in the first round. It is what it is. So we'll see how good the Jays actually are so far. So good. They looked really good in the seven game stretch, but we shall see. Uh, just quickly, a piece of news that's dropping right now. The Rays are apparently set to announce an extension with Tyler Glasnow. That'll run through the 2024 season. He is out with Tommy John surgery, um, but the Rays are going to lock him up through the 2024 season. So Tyler Glasnow won't be hitting free agency. I think we we covered a lot today on the pod. Why does it feel like the Rays just signed a guy to a contract and he's going to get traded in four months? Yeah, he's going like, mean? to show he's healthy, make three starts with the Rays. Yeah. They'll flip him for two prospects. You'll be like, who? Then one of those prospects will hit 40 bombs in 2024. Yeah, they're going to trade him to <laughs> one of those random teams. It'll be like Colorado or yeah. something like that. And they're going to get so many good players back. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be like, wow, this guy. And then they're going to flip that guy to Milwaukee for two better guys. All right. Coomzy, you enjoy this series against the LA Angels? Yes, I will yes. try. Manoa Otani on Saturday. It's going to be, be fun. Could be game of the year kind of stuff. That's going to do it for episode 105 of BGN Radio. Shout out to Points by Canada. DoorDash, ding dong, BGN Pod DD gets 25% off, no delivery fees on your first order. And our friends at Montana's hashtag get Montana's messy with all you can eat rip fest on now till September 12th. We'll chat with you at the end of the weekend. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.